listening to Working Music, the podcast for anybody connected to the music industry anywhere in the world. This is episode number six, Everyone Needs a Cloudlifter, recorded Sunday, August 9, 2020. Enjoy. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Working Music. It's been two weeks since we did the last one, but here we are right now with episode number six. Welcome along. Welcome back again, Chubby. Thank you very much, and uh, a special welcome to Brazil. I don't know why, but we have some listeners Brazil. in Brazil. We do. <laughs> Apparently, according to our statistics, we have listeners in Brazil and Taiwan, Turkey, and Ireland, Turkey. Yes, don't forget Turkey, Japan, Sweden, Canada, New Zealand, Vietnam. Even this is this is lovely. And wow. if you want to be one of if you want to be one of the listeners to our. Uh, new podcast talking working music not talking music well we are talking it but it's called working music because it's all about people who work in anything to do with the music industry um you know get along to uh spotify or uh apple podcasts um or any other platform that you happen to use probably something on google as well but i don't know what that's called but uh find us on those platforms click the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode we are aiming to try and get out one a week um, we've just set ourselves up a schedule, so hopefully it'll all start to fall into place and you'll hear our lovely voices coming right at you through your earphones or whatever device you're listening on. That'll be exciting. And if you want to send us some feedback or uh, ask some questions or send us some hints or tips or uh, suggestions, anything like that, you can email us at feedback at workingmusic.com.au. So send us an email, feedback at workingmusic.com.au, and we'd be happy to hear from you, anybody at all. Um, just send us a line and we'll uh, we'll give you a mention in the show and see what you got to say. What do you think of that, Chubb? And we can even send you a, um, a printed-up script of what we were talking about, if you like, um, in case you can't understand me with my accent. Yeah, Chubby, Chubby's volunteering to type that up because he's got nothing else to do. But anyway, thank you for joining us again if you're out there listening. Um, this week we're going to talk about um, equipment, uh, studio equipment, uh, microphones, doors, um, for those who don't know what a door is, a digital audio workstation, uh, which is the software that we use to record in in our small studios. Uh, we're going to discuss microphones, interfaces, computers, all the, all the little stuff that goes into these little home studios, what we have, what we're using, um, what we think of these things, and uh, discuss it a little bit and hopefully get some uh, input, feedback from you, the listener. Uh, what are you using and uh, what do you, why do you like it and what have you used that you don't like? I'd like to talk about that too. And I'll tell you what, let me tell you about my latest purchase. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So, so in our last podcast, because I I had just bought a Rode Procaster microphone. Now, um, the Rode Procaster is uh, what they call a broadcast quality microphone. So, I just saw that and went, "That's what I need for my podcast. I'm going to buy that." So I bought it, not not realizing that it actually has a lower output than you know your standard. Um, condenser mic because the pro yeah the pro procast is not a condenser mic uh, it's a dynamic microphone so did a little bit of research um and a lot of people were likening the output of the procaster to the shore sm7b 
Of course, uh, the Procaster is not quite as expensive as the SM7B, um, the SM7B being a lovely microphone as well. Um, so I did a little bit of research, and basically it turns out I needed to get myself a like a, an inline amplifier to amplify the signal um, of the Procaster before it goes into my interface. So I did some more research, and it, you know, like everything else, there is lots of different types and different price ranges for this equipment uh, out there um, for all sorts of budgets. I decided to go down the route of probably one of the more expensive routes only because, look, I did the research and I, I watched some good YouTube videos um, of people doing comparisons with a lot of different microphones, including the Procaster and the SM7B and some other various low-output microphones into their interface with and without the product that I bought. And after watching and listening, um, I was convinced this is the product that I need. Um, I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in um, buy wise and buy once. If you buy cheap, you buy twice. Um, as the saying goes, I don't like to spend money if I don't have to. So I thought I will spend the premium dollar and get the premium product. Of course, I shop around like I always do and found it on Amazon cheaper than I could find anywhere else in the world. So that's where I bought it because, you know, every dollar counts, especially in this. These days, yep. Especially these days when there's very little work. So I bought myself a cloud lifter which is an item made by Cloud Microphones. Um, you can find them at cloudmicrophones.com if you want to have a bit of a look. Uh, basically, what the Cloud Lifter is, it's it's an inline um, microphone. Uh, I, I, I'll call it a preamplifier, but it kind of works in a sense. Um, I'd, I'd like to say it kind of works like a DI, like an active DI. So you plug it into your interface and you apply phantom power to it, and then you plug the microphone into the cloud lifter, and it provides up to 25 dB gain. Oh. And But not only, see, see the, biggest, the biggest trick you've got to be wary of, which is why I didn't go down the cheap path, is that when you're applying extra gain to a microphone like this, and, and cheap DIs is, is the same result, you're not only amplifying the output of the microphone, you're also out amplifying noise. Okay, so every microphone has a signal-to-noise ratio. At at some point, at some level of the um, at the output at the of the output of the microphone, the higher you go, the more noise that you hear. With the cloud lifter, I can hear nothing. There is there's no noise. Right. I mean, I'm sure there is, I'm sure there is if I really really cranked everything to the max. Yeah. But the fact is is that um, during our last episode. I had my preamp on my Presonus uh, unit for this particular microphone without the cloud lifter was sitting at 50 on the dial. I'm not really sure what that means because the dial doesn't go to 100. So hmm. um, it was sitting on 50. Today it's sitting on 30, and I even at even at that level, I my signal is twice as strong as it was in our last podcast, which I had to then put it into my door and boost the signal so to get a reasonable listening level, which, of course, again, increases the noise floor. Um, so, look, I, I have to say I'm extremely impressed with this little box. It was $260, i am going to say $265 um, delivered from Amazon. 
Um, Delivery time? um, Look, it was estimated to be about two weeks from the US. It was, I wasn't expecting it here for this podcast. So it took about a week. Uh, so I was very, very impressed. Um, delivery time was extremely fast. Very impressed. Did the courier actually get you at home or, uh, again, same situation? You pop out for 10 minutes and that's when they come? Well, thankfully, I knew it was coming. They also, DHL was the people who delivered it and they send you a text beforehand. And I knew what I was getting and I just text back saying um, you give the option to leave it in a safe place, leave it in your letterbox. And I knew it's only a small thing. It would fit in my letterbox. So I just texted that back and when I got home, it was in my letterbox. So quite happy about that. Larger items, you generally, like you say, you're not so lucky. You you try and sit at home as long as you can to wait for it when you know it's coming. But you got to duck out for that one thing. And you know what happens the minute you do. That's when they deliver. It's all over Red Rover. (laughs) But anyway. Really, really happy with the Cloudlifter. It's um, it's a Cloudlifter CL1. They they make a CL2 as well, which allow, allows two microphones uh, and two outputs. Uh, and they make a variety of other products. But this is um, it's an incredible little um, device. Something that um, when my audio work finally does return, it'll be something that I'll carry in my toolkit with me because I think it'll come in handy in many situations. Um, Great little device, um, pricey. Well, maybe, but you know, you get what you pay for. And like I say, you buy cheap, you buy twice. So, really, really happy with that. So, just letting everybody know. Can I just say that you sound, you really, really sound excited. So, uh, like the the way you explained all this, it was, it was probably to, by the sound of it, you were more excited than than when we last time talked about boobs. So, well. <laughs> You know, what can I say? It certainly does uh, get me excited. <laughs> I don't even remember when that was. Anyway, moving right along. But but look, I, I highly recommend this, uh, the Cloudlifter CL1 for anybody who has a low output dynamic microphone. Uh, as I say, it, you, you've got to be able to apply phantom power to it. Um, and that's how the, the, uh, the device works. Um, creating an active circuit rather than um, uh, a non-active. The, the word escapes me right now. <laughs> but uh, you, you've also got a new interface. You, you well, I have. Okay, now, now this is a bit of a scenario as well. So I decided I was. I had been using a. Um, uh, Personas. No, before that. Oh, okay. I was, I have um, sitting just over there, and I can, it's a Focusrite okay. Scarlet. Scarlet, yeah, yeah. It's just a little two-channel interface. Um, and it, it, it was nice. It was doing the job, but I, I I did want something with a few more inputs. I wanted to be able to leave the keyboard. I wanted um, the Scarlet um, that I have is um, one XLR input, one jack input. The keyboard that I'm using has um, two jack Mm-hmm. 6.5 um, plugs out. Um, I wanted to be able to leave that plugged into my interface in in stereo because um, to that point I'd just been recording everything mono. But I wanted to be able to set it up stereo, leave it plugged into the interface, get its input level, leave it. 
stays plugged in, never have to change it, never have to unplug it for anything else. Same, same with a few other things, you know, bass amp, guitar, blah, blah, blah. So I thought I'll get myself an eight-channel interface um, and, and upgrade. The, the other problem I had was when I actually bought quite a substantial amount of new gear um, just in the last month or so because I've sold a lot of stuff <laughs> and scaled myself right down and bought the stuff for my studio that I really wanted. I also bought a, a set of um, Presonus E5XT studio monitors. Now, when I first plugged those in and getting the signal from the Scarlet, um, I was getting a lot of noise. Like it was really just horrible interference type noise. Um, and I, I tried all sorts of different things, different cables, different Check USB cables, yeah. you know, no luck whatsoever. So anyway, I thought I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to replace the interface anyway. So I just waited till I had the money and then I went out and I decided I was going to buy the Presonus Studio 1824C. Okay, this is a fairly new product. It's a USB-C interface. And because I run a Mac as well as a PC, I thought it'd be really nice. My, my uh, new MacBook is all USB-C um, ports on it. Mm-hmm. So I thought well, it'd be really good to have an interface that I can plug into that, j- just straight into that as well as into my PC. Uh, PC being the main com- uh, studio computer, the, the MacBook is for um, you know getting out live yep. and uh, raving about. So I thought, well, you know, it's the latest, it's the greatest. It's a look, good-looking unit. It's um, got everything that I want on it. No problem. It was black as well, wasn't it? It, it was black, absolutely. Looks beautiful-looking unit, really. Yep. Absolutely beautiful-looking unit. Anyway, so I purchased it um, from Brisbane Sound here in uh, Brisbane. Lovely people over there. John Conway looks after me all the time. And uh, purchased the unit over there, brought it home, Plugged it in. That's when I first discovered the the low output of the uh, Procaster microphone. But there was another problem that I came up with this unit that um, was one that I, I couldn't live with. I, I just could not. Um, and, and I'm sure most people will agree with me. The problem I had is this unit would not play sounds from Windows. So what I mean by that is the Windows drivers in Windows 10 or obviously in Windows 10 or whatever, for for some reason, either they're not compatible or there is no driver for standard Windows to use the interface as a playback device. So I I would record a, a song, I'd mix it down to an MP3 or a WAV file, I'd try and play it in... Um, you know, in Windows Media Player. Um, what else did I try? VLC, which is uh, one I pretty much use all the time. And the track would play fine, but no audio. Could not hear it for love nor money. I had to take it off the PC, take it over to the MacBook, put it onto there to listen to it. And this was just like doing my head in. And so, you know, as you do, jump on the forums, ask the question. A lot of people having the same problem something to do with WDM drivers or something I think I read that's just not compatible, doesn't work. Um, well, just, just, just one advice for those people yeah. like you, get an Apple. <laughs> just get an Apple. Well, I, I, have, I have one of them too, but I, I, I could not afford 
you know, the uh, $4,000 it would have cost me to, as opposed to what I paid to set this PC up. Anyway, long story short, I decided I can't live with this. I'd had it for about a week. I said, you know, it does everything else well, but this one thing drives me insane. So I contacted Bruce Sound and again, John down there took care of me. He said, you've only had it a week. You've still got all the stuff. Happy for you to bring it back. I said, look, I can see you've still got a Personas Studio 192 in stock. You've got one left. And it's currently on special. It was a bit more expensive than the uh, 1824C, but it's a tried, tested, solid unit yep. that I know works well. And I said, I'll be happy to pay a bit extra and I'll take that home. And this is what I'm using now. Yep. I love love the unit. I, I've used I use a lot of Persona stuff and I have done for a long time. My first digital mixer was a Persona 1602. Yep, I remember that. Yep. Um, and, you know, I've had a... And, a bigger one since then. Um, and then most of my studio stuff is uh, Presonus and my digital audio workstation, Presonus Studio One version five. Um, and I love it. But sometimes, you know, the, no company can get everything right all the time. Um, and sometimes there are some limitations or, you know, perhaps this is something that they're going to fix in an upcoming firmware update or something. But for me, right here, right now, it just didn't do what I wanted it to do mm. straight out of the box, and that was just unacceptable. It, it 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 didn't make it unusable; it just made it extremely frustrating. So I thought, inconvenient. For me, yeah, the easiest solution was just to take it back while it, you know it was only literally a week old, put it all back together, take it back to the shop and get something that does work at, straight out of the box. And I couldn't be happier with the uh, Studio 192, doing a fantastic job. I don't have any um, interference noise through my speakers either since I've upgraded from the uh, Scarlet. There's absolute, mind you, I've got pretty good cables running between the units. Um, like I think each each speaker cable costs $40 each, mm-hmm. and they're only short. Yeah, But, you know, it's a studio. I... I don't want noise. I want quality. I want quiet. I want to be able to hear what I'm doing. Um, so very, very happy with the setup now. Um, now, if correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you use a Studio 192 as well? That's correct. That's um, I've, I've uh, so I was a Tascam boy. I I had a Tascam FW1884. Uh, <clears throat> desk so i i enjoy my physical faders and that's that's what is what it was um i still have the hold on what is that us hold on hold on for a second let me just have let me just quickly have a look here we go us428 that was the first one that i that i've started with and back back then I had a um, um, Emac. Um, yep. Not even sure if people remember the Emac with the. Uh, it looked like a, 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 a an airplane, the front of the airplane, the back of the computer. Yep. Good looking little things, and uh, and the uh, so I used the US uh, four twenty eight, and um, and I just loved it. I always I I need to have the faders. I I can't do it on the screen for some reason. And, okay. um, 
back then there was a shop here called Music Lab. In, oh, I remember them well. In Brisbane. And I had a gentleman called Warwick and he was amazing. Um, he was a good salesman actually because he knew um, when I came in, I always wanted to borrow stuff of him. And I said, can I, can I just borrow that and take it home? And he said, of course, Chubb. So I took it home. He knew it's never coming back. <laughs> he, he knew as soon as I take something home, it, 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 I'll buy it. And uh, so he gave me an, an FW1884, and that was great. Um, 100 mil faders, motorized faders, and, and it was just, you know, with logic, it just worked brilliant. And, uh, and all that worked until um, I spilled some orange juice. Could have been vodka and orange. I'm not sure. Uh, and and rookie, I, think rookie, it, I, think rookie the, I think it was the orange juice that stuffed it up. Vodka would yeah, have not, been not fine. the vodka. No, that's wrong. Yeah, straight yeah, vodka just... would have been fine. But yeah, so it got all sticky and all that. So I, I got rid of that, and then I got my PreSonus um, one nine two, and boy, the sound of it! It's just, it, 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 everything is just clear. Yeah, um, the pre- preamps are beautiful. Yeah. It's um, so, you know, I mean, unfortunately, um, like we were talking about it just before, I, I haven't touched, I haven't actually got my studio put together. I haven't haven't done any studio work for over a year. It's been a crazy year, so. It has. But, uh, but, but yeah, I just can't wait because that yeah. unit, it's, it's, it's so cool to use. Like how is the, just the power button when you, when you press it, it's just so soft and sexy. Very true. The the um the eighteen twenty four has exactly the same power button, um, but the, the other good features about um, these units are two two headphone outputs, both with their own level controls. Mm-hmm. That's very very handy. Um, what I really love about the Studio One Nine Two over the eighteen twenty four C, and it's these little features that set them apart in the, as far as price point goes. The Studio 192 gives you individual 48-volt control on each channel. Correct. Whereas the 1824C has a 48-volt button that just puts it across all of them. Um, To me, you know, just little things like that uh, shows where, you know, why one's a little bit dearer than the other. Um, And, um, yeah, it's um, to, to me... So my, mine is actually hooked up to a, um, a icon um, control surface. Um, so after after the um, this mishap with the uh, with the orange juice, um, I got a new surface as well with the one nine two, and right. again it's a uh, motorized fader. Um, I, I I couldn't tell you the exact model, but it's a great little unit. It, um, the the strip tells you you know what what channel you're on, and it's yep. uh, I'm using an Apple laptop at the uh, at the moment and um and uh it's just uh and logic and it's compatible completely compatible and so what i've done also with the 192 and throw stones at me for that but <laughs> i couldn't afford anything else i bought a uh, bearing uh oh no not the b word <laughs> uh daad another eight channel so basically i can slave the behringer to to the 192 so i have 16 tracks right yeah 
just just in case if I have the situation where I have to go, okay, um, you know, I want to I want to record a live drum kit or, or, or you know eight eight channels for the for the kit, then I can use whatever I want. From to be honest with you, I, I'd use the um, the Behringer for the kit because when I'm recording drums, um, I've got a Roland TD10, which is an quite yep. an old. Um, electric drum kit but it's still amazing you know it's still brilliant and i use the kick and all the toms electric and then i use real snare and real hi-hat real cymbals mic'd up so i want anything that's properly mic'd i want that go through the pre-sonus Right and all the uh, all the electric bits because then I can also actually you know uh, because it's electric I can turn it into MIDI and and then trigger stuff off it anyway. So, yep. um, but uh, but yeah, I, I just thought having sixteen tr- sixteen tracks is 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 pretty cool. It is yeah. I've once upon a time I used to have two um, Presonus Fire Studio. I can't remember the model numbers, but they were Firewire interfaces uh, eight channels each and i used to have two of those uh, they were also very good um i have been using persona studio one as my door for i can't remember how many years now um i switched from cubase um to, to mm. that um cubase was and, great though the, the oh, other- look absolutely the only thing I didn't like about Cubase back then that you had to get your, uh, you know, your instruments, your VST yep. instruments and VST effects and this and that, you you had to have. So my reason, number one reason to move to Logic was because of bloody Warwick in Music Lab. Of course, he <laughs> wanted to sell me the product, didn't he? <laughs> of course he did. So, uh, and that's when I went to Logic 7 which back then was like twelve, fifteen hundred dollars or something. Um, but yeah, it had all the synths and everything else in it. And, yeah. and, and I was always an Apple person. And um, uh, so it just made sense, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and in Cubase, yeah, you had to have all those, all those things, buy them as, as extras. Yep. Well, that's, that's another good thing about uh, Persona Studio One. They recently um, released version five of Studio One. Now I've I've been a professional uh, level, as in I I own the professional version of uh, Studio One and have done since version three, I think. Um, and it comes with like the stuff that it comes with is incredible. Just straight out, of, I'll say straight out of the box. Not that you buy anything in a box these days; yeah. it's all downloaded, <laughs> but. But straight out of the box, you've got everything right there to record a whole song, um, mix it, and master it, and release it all wow. in one unit. That's not to say I haven't purchased a few extra add-ons. Um, you know, a few Waves plugins are always nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, that's you know, that's, that's some other people tempting me to spend money, <laughs> and. Um, but it is to to me. I, I've been very happy with it uh, as a door. Um, I've done quite a, quite a number of songs in the Studio One. Uh, very happy with its layout. It's really come of age. It, it's um, you know it's right up there now. Um, I think alongside Pro Tools. Um, 
but again, that's just what I use now. Um, so, so I don't sort of venture out into anything else. So Studio One, does it come with, um, you know, like instruments and absolutely, like absolutely, yes, okay. yes, and effects, yep. and so it's kind yep. of like logic. So uh, the the reason why I'm asking is because uh, um, I'm I'm with logic because I'm kind of used to it, and and there is you know there is all these all these little perks of synths and all that not to say that i haven't actually purchased you know waves synths and 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 all that sort of stuff so um it it would be great in my opinion probably it would be great since i'm using that presonus um gear 192 it would be great to use studio one i haven't switched because i was not familiar with it i was kind of scared of it i'm like oh learning another you know program yeah Absolutely, I totally agree with you. Um, good thing about Persona Studio One is you can download a version that is free. I believe Studio One Artist is free. I, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but I do know that they have a version you can download free. It's not totally loaded with everything. There are some things you can't do. But For example, be- turning songs into MP3. So that's why I actually stopped right there. So in in the artist version. They they actually not letting you if I remember correctly, um, like you can't turn your song into an MP3 or, or to send it away to someone. Well, okay, um, <laughs> and, how, and however, that would be a basic thing to be able to do, really. Well, it is. It is. I mean, I, I can um, I can uh, save my projects in any format that I choose. Yeah, but you're a professional um, user. Well, that's correct. Um, what they've what they've done just of late when they released Studio um, version 5, they've also released a product called Persona Sphere. What this is is a subscription-based model, um, which seems to be where a lot of um, products, especially software products, are going these days. It's all about the, uh, the generating continued revenue. So they've released what they what I actually a, like a subscription idea. based model, and I think it's like fifteen dollars a month or something like that, and you get everything. That's so cool. just just all their software. It's just there. Also, it uh, gives you a collaboration tool where you can collaborate with people anywhere in the world via through their system. Um, and I believe there's a few other perks involved as well. I haven't totally looked into it because for me. Um, I just wanted to own the software that, um, and I didn't really, you know, wasn't really interested in doing the whole collaboration thing with people around the world. Um, and I'm not a big user of, of the instrument side of things um, when it comes to um, okay. plugins for synths and all that sort of stuff. I'm quite happy with what I've got in there. I, I've got access to a fairly good keyboard, uh, Yamaha keyboard that I'm using here, which has got some a lot of nice sounds in it as well. So I wasn't swayed to go the subscription base. I I just went with the buy outright. Happy days. Yeah. Um, and as far as a drum instrument plug-in, I use Stephen Slate Drums version five point five. I think it is. Uh, have been using Stephen Slate Drums for a number of years since I think version three. Always been very happy with the the sound of the samples, um, the interface, and I only just just came up with. Um, I won't say I came up with it, only just figured out in the last few months, and this is something that I 
I never really delved into because I, I'd, I'd add the instrument on, I'd create my drum track. I was always very happy with the sound and always happy with, like they have a mix seat, uh, panel that you can open in Steven Slate drums and you can adjust the different drums. And then it all comes down into a stereo channel. To me, that was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, happy days. But I've only just discovered and, uh, you know, it's it's like it's it's the um, – for, for everybody else, it's the same thing. If if you don't need something, you don't go looking for it. So some, sometimes you just never know something's there because you've never had the need for it. Um, but it was actually something you said to me a while back in terms of uh, drums um, – uh, as a plug-in and the control you have on them. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do a bit of research on that. And I discovered that when I bring the instrument into my door, I can actually, with a, a uh, I don't know, a, a section in there, I can open up a section and I can click each individual track and put it on my door, on my screen, as an individual track in the mixer view. Which means I can literally just go. Each instrument will come down its own channel, have its own fader, its whole. I can do whatever I want, and I went. That's really cool because that saves me having to then go and open their mixer and fart around. Um, it also means I can add something to the, you know, maybe that tom or that snare or whatever. Yeah, like, if it, yeah, yep. like I, I love, I love some of the snare rolls. Um, I actually love a um, phase, um, flange on it. Right, do you know, like like it's like a special effect. Like I, I did, I recorded a song with a. Uh, we did an original band, and and I had this really cool snare roll in it. And I said to the guy, um, "I want flange on the snare." And he goes, "You want what?" <laughs> I said, "I want flange on the snare." Um, it was actually in a Queen song I've heard, and it sounded cool. So I thought, no, nah, that's what I want. And when he put it on, I, he just goes. That actually sounds really cool. <laughs> so when you can, if you if you can open up stuff like that, like you said, um, in a program, that's brilliant. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so once I discovered that, I was like, "This, I got everything I need right here. I don't need to go any further." Wow. So I'm, so I'm scared of these. Um, you, you, uh, I'm going to have to take some lessons from you, actually. Hey. <laughs> Gee, I don't know whether I'm a good teacher, but you know. No, well, well, I, I'd li- no, I'd like to take some lessons and have a look how you're working with that drum program because sometimes you know, when you when you work on your own, it's um, it's easier to to sometimes even it's easier to program the drums than to friggin' sit in there and 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 play it and and so we talked about it last time. I am a drummer, so I I know what I I need there. Um, yeah. but I'm scared of these, is of these drumming programs. I, I don't know how to use them. Well, one of the greatest features I have found in the Stephen Slate drums is they have this thing called grooves. And basically it's, I don't know how many, that there's lots of pre-recorded drum patterns in the software. And you can just sit there and go through them and sample each one. And you go, oh, I like that beat. I'll just drag that onto my timeline. Okay, let me copy and paste that. That's a good beat for the song. That's a good starting point. I can now make my song around that. And then once this, once I've done my song, I can then go back and go, okay, well, it needs a roll here. It needs a fill there. And I can then go and edit it further afterwards. 
Mm. Um, and I found that's that they have for me, who is not really a drummer and doesn't have a drum kit. Oh crap! You uh, play drums. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you play drums in bands. I know. But yeah. You're I amazing. You you play drums. You play bass and sing. That's crazy. Um, guitar and now keyboard. I mean, fuck. <laughs> but anyway, I don't, I don't have a studio with drums set up and so forth. So it's the the grooves that are within um, Stephen Slate drums um, allow me to get something funky sounding, and you know, you just copy paste, copy paste. It's um, for the entirety, and then build your song around that, and then go back and fine tune later. I find that's fantastic because it allows me to get the song going much quicker mm. than, have a, than having to try and sit there and agonise and get the drum beat all sorted out for, right from the word go. It's like, well, you know, to me, well, for, from the way I do uh, my songwriting is I like to just just give me a basic beat but it's got to match the, the melody that I have in my head for the song mm-hmm. and then I can – put all the meat and potatoes and all the, the fancy stuff in afterwards. Um, once I know where the song's going to go and the highs and the lows and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, because playing, recording drums, you know, it, oh, there's so much, so much involved in that shit, you know, and then, and then, and then suddenly, you know, if, if, if you're a, a, a solo, you know, songwriter, songwriter and, and, perform a person and you buy yourself in the studio, you know, it's, it gets really, really difficult. Um, yeah. I, re- I remember I've written a song and um, I'm a huge fan of Muse. And uh, I, I, for some reason, I identified my song with one of their songs as well. And I went, hmm, I reckon that drum beat that he played <laughs> would sound good on it. So... It started with number one, learning what he played, and then number two, practicing what he played, and then number three, recording, you know, pretty much close yep. to it or, or whatever. And and that that can be very tedious. It's it's hours and hours, and and it's a take, you know. Like uh, I had my uh, so you sit behind the you're by yourself, so I set, set up my uh, iPad with the um, uh, the connection to the computer. Uh, so I can remotely control logic. Yeah. And I sit behind my kit, which is a freaking great feature that you can do that. Otherwise, how are you going to record drums? You know, it's like run to the um, thing, press record, run back to the drum kit, you know, give enough time and, and all that. So that's not going to work. So all this remote feature is great. And uh, start playing it. Then you stuff up and you go, okay, stop. And um, clear and start again that's right i mean having that program that you be and, and, and you know what i've listened to your songs and they're great and the drums are great and i'm like did someone play that for him so this yeah. is what i'd love to learn from you how to use that you know yeah, the drum absolutely. program a couple of my songs i did have uh, rob play for me rob duggan he's great absolutely um but yeah, for, for for the most part, um, it's just I just throw it together, put a put a baseline down, and then uh, you know build the song, come back to the track later, and go okay now, 
you know, put, put some markers in, right, we need a fill here, we need this here, needs a build up there, needs to change beat there, whatever. Um, you know, in, in one of my recent songs, I did a whole key change with a whole beat change oh. and, um, after a build up into a key change and I just, you know, um, yeah, but it's it, it's good. It's a good um, plug-in. I think it's well worth the money. Um, you know, a lot of people use uh, Easy Drummer. Is one of I hear a lot of. Yes, that's that's um, the one I was actually looking at, having sort of playing with. Yeah, I, I haven't had much to do with Easy Drummer at all. Um, Stephen Slate um, is what I've been using for several years, and uh, have no desire to change because um, it does everything that I want it to do. Mm. So, I mean, to be, yeah. to be honest with you, probably at the end of the day, I'd, I'd still, whatever program I, I, I sort of, how I program the kit, I mean, I mean the, 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 the drums in the song that I'm writing at the end of the day, probably I would end up playing it my own way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's fair I, enough. I, I would end up just going, nah, I want to play my thing. <laughs> yep. No, that's fair enough. Drama thing. Wait, we, we are going to run out of time here because I got there's a lot to talk about and I don't want to waffle on f- uh, forever and ever. I want to try and keep the, our shows down to a reasonable length and also gives us lots more to talk about in the coming weeks. Um, so we probably might um, pull up stumps with where we're at with what we've talked about so far today, which has been the Cloudlifter CL1, which is absolutely fantastic piece of hardware. Um, our Personas 192s, which we both love. Yep. Um, touched a little bit on Logic. Uh, Persona Studio 1 version 5, which I'm currently using. Um, haven't gotten into the whole microphone area yet. I think we might get into that next week because I do know that you've got some nice, tasty microphones. I'd really love to get to hear a bit about um and i've got a couple myself and uh you know i think uh, we could talk about what we're using in the studio while we're using them mm-hmm. um and that sort of stuff and uh, also price you know and how much do we pay for these things it's uh so, some people might think um some mic it's very expensive to buy microphones i think you can buy good quality microphones at a good price um but anyway well, not the that, way I shop. No, I, 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 you see, what, what I do is I, I find that truck that that rolled over, right? And and the and, and, and and then and then the things just fall off the truck. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they they probably shouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I really hope you're leaving your money under the tire. Um, but. You know, we'll we'll discuss and um, more on studio equipment that we're using uh, in our next podcast. Um, as I say, um, all the stuff that we talk about, you can go to their websites and, and check them out, uh, personas.com for all the personas stuff um, and uh, cloudmicrophones.com if you want to check out anything to do with the cloud, cloud lifter. Uh, and, of course, you know, your, your best uh, form – of information is YouTube. People have made videos about anything and everything and they've done comparisons about almost anything and everything. So always pays to do your research when you're shopping and you're going to spend some money, especially on some of this high-end gear. You want to make, you don't want to be disappointed with the purchase you make. So it's always good to do your research. 
And we we would love to hear from people out there. What are you using? Uh, what what doors do you like? And uh, what what have you uh, what have you been converted from and to? Uh, yeah, what in, yeah, that's what yeah, yeah. Like, you know, what were you using, and why have you switched to what you're using now? Uh, what interfaces are you using? What have you used? What don't you like? What do you like? Um, we want to we want to hear about your stuff, um, and gives us more to talk about and to research. Helps us uh, learn a little bit more about what's going on out there too. Um, and these are just one of the many many topics that we're going to discuss on working music. It's not just all about studios. It's not all about playing in bands. It's not all about doing live music work. It's, um, you know, Talking it's hairdressers, you know, before the show and, and, um, fake dance. I don't know. Whatever. Well, <laughs> if it's related to music, we'll talk about it. Absolutely. But more importantly, yeah, we definitely want to hear from you, the listeners, anything, you know, an email about anything. We just want to hear from you. Um, if you enjoy listening to us waffle on about all this stuff, hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. We will do our best to keep them coming once a week and continue to talk about stuff. But the more feedback we get from the people out there, the the broader we can, the broader the topics can be, and, and we can be talking, focusing on stuff that's interest interesting to you, and not as as I've said before, not just Australia, the whole world. Now, we have people listening to us from around the world. We want to hear from you all. Um, we're all in this together. And, um, you know, things uh, eventually we'll, we'll all be back out there working hard and, and doing what we love. And uh, we just like talking about it. And I love talking about gear. And Chubby, as, as myself, we love to buy gear. We love to use gear. <laughs> and we love to talk about gear. So... Um, we'll be doing a lot of that as well. What do you think? I think um, I want to thank our Brazilian listeners. Obrigado. Oh, and uh, and everybody else. Just and keep listening. We, we're going to have lots of fun. Uh, and um, we keep on uh, bringing you very, very important information about gear. Absolutely. And, and I'll tell you now. I'll tell you another. What? Well, maybe, maybe not. Who said that? Another good statistic <laughs> I just want to share is, is um, you know, the music industry is, uh, I guess, appears to be a male-dominated area for however long. But I think it's really exciting to be able to say that forty-four percent of our listener base at the moment is female, and that is fantastic. There needs to be more um, females in this industry. It's not just a male-dominated industry. There's plenty of room for for women out there to work in, um, in not just as musicians. There's plenty of female musicians, yes, but there's 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 room out there for in the, in the audio industry, in the in the technical side of stuff, in the studios. I know I know a fabulous um, female uh, mastering engineer in the UK, and hopefully one day we'll get her on for a bit of a chat. But it, it's great to see the diversity in the industry now is not such such a male dominated area because you know it, uh, as myself as myself coming from not just a mus- musical musician side of the industry but also a technical side roadie um, that sort of stuff you know um, it, that that side of it is very male um, dominated um, but it's the it's getting a little more balance. There's, there's more females getting into it now, and I think that's fantastic. 
it, it's it's really good to see, and it's good to see that um, some of them are listening to us here too. Give us your input. Um, send us an email. Um, I'll, the email address again is feedback at workingmusic.com.au. And uh, yeah, look, send us a, send us an email. Say hello, and uh, we uh, love to hear your story. And that just about wraps it up. Thank you for listening, and um, we'll be back. We Next shall be week. back. Absolutely. So from me and from him. Chubby. That's him. <laughs> He's going to say, we'll say uh, thanks for listening and uh, we'll tune in next week. Cheerio. Bye-bye.